Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Fix. It is post-NFL draft, and we are ready to talk about all the picks that the Pittsburgh Steelers made during the 2023 selection process. This episode, as always, the Steelers Fix is brought to you by the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. You can get all of your sports podcasts and information and notes from the fans for sports network and the steel curtain network being a Steelers fan community. Uh, we are excited to be back to talk a completed NFL draft. I'm going to bring in my ho- co-host, Andrew Wilbar. Andrew, how are you doing, man? After the NFL draft, I'm excited. It, every year when we do doing all the mock drafts and evaluations, it just gets a little bit laborsome once you get, especially once you get into that top 400 guys and you're in that 350 <laughs> range, it's like, why do these even matter? These guys are not going to get drafted. And if they are, I'm going to give them a failing grade. Like oh <laughs> it gets so like, oh, but now it's all done. We see how it's all played out. It's just one of those days I want to take a nap. Right on. I understand. And we're a couple days removed from the draft, obviously, but, um, you know, we're going to talk, we're going to grade the picks that the Steelers made in the, in the uh, 2023 NFL draft. And um, I got to say, Andrew, that I thought that the Steelers had an excellent draft time, obviously will tell whether or not we are correct, but um, let's jump into, before we get into the actual grades, kind of our, our biggest takeaway from the Steelers 2023 NFL draft during the season. A lot of times we do um, weak, whatever superlative. So uh, a, a sentence or phrase that just kind of gets the idea uh, across of what we're taking away from the 2020 or from that week. So in this case, we're going to do NFL draft superlatives. Andrew, what is your biggest takeaway? What is your big superlative from the 2023 NFL draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I was wrong about the Steelers front office. I bashed them. The I won't go to the level bashing. I didn't go to the level bashing them, but I was not the most satisfied (laughs) when I had found out that Omar Khan was becoming the general manager. They brought in a guy who was kind of let go in Philadelphia, and you know there were concerns about how much of an impact he really had. Was he? Did he have an impact in any of the good selections they had? Yeah, there's so many heads in Philadelphia right now. Uh, who have know-how it's like maybe he just wasn't one of those guys 
And with Omar Khan, he's a numbers guy. What does he know about player evaluations? And I feel like they have a balance. Again, Whitehall, they made it clear. Whitehall's the one that's doing a lot of the player evaluations and determining the draft board. Khan would make the final decision, but Whitehall was the one who would be doing a lot in terms of player evaluations. And I have to say the balance between the two with Whitehall's player evaluating and Khan's aggressiveness moving up and down the draft board, which is something we've been wanting for years. Yes. I can <clears throat> say pretty safely right now, maybe I'll be singing a different tune at this time next year, but, but one draft in, I have to say I was wrong about this front office. I like it. Uh, I think, uh, and you'd rather be wrong than right. I I, yes. I would assume in this case, because yes. you want, you want the Steelers to have, the correct brass in, in place for something yes. like this. So uh, I'll take a little bit different direction here. I'm, I'm saying that the Steelers 2023 draft accelerated their rebuild process. And that's just based on the fact that the picks that they made uh, fit team needs, but were not so today focused that they didn't address some issues that they might have in the future. And we'll get into some of these picks as well, or uh, here in a little bit, but um, I think each and every selection has present value, especially in the, in the first four rounds has present value to the Steelers will make them better this year, but also holds incredible significance for three years down the road, four years down the road, five years down the road, when the Steelers are hoping to have a championship window kind of open up here um, for them with a, a young roster that will kind of grow into itself. So I think that the picks that they've made in 2023 accelerated that rebuild a little bit in year two, kind of of the rebuild process here, maybe they can be, be a little bit better than we think they uh, could be potentially in the AFC um, just because they seem to have, have really found an identity in how they're, building this this roster so it, to me it makes it makes sense that maybe they're going to be a little bit better this year than we might give them, have given them credit for before the draft process started so uh great thoughts there let's move on now to actually start grading some of these picks and we're going to do a couple here and then we'll take a break and we'll come back and do more um but we're just going to spend the rest of our time andrew focusing on grading these picks so in round one we had a trade up just a couple spots to, from 17 to 14 with the New England Patriots gave up our uh, fourth round pick, pick 120 to move up those three spots, uh, obviously, and our 17th overall pick as well to get to 14. But uh, it was to select offensive tackle Broderick Jones out of Georgia. You and I both agree that he's a top one or two offensive tackle, left tackle in this draft class. So that being the case, go ahead and give us your grade, Andrew, and some thoughts about why you why you're giving it that specific grade. I give it an A now. I was a little bit hesitant when I heard, oh, the Steelers are trading up. It's like, oh, yeah. great. What did we just do? How much did we just give up? Only a fourth-round pick. Okay, yeah. I can live with that, but we're without a fourth, fifth, and sixth. That must mean we're going to trade back at 32, right? Well, we know the story. They ended up trading back. We'll right. get to that once we get to the third-round pick. But looking at it now, with the draft having been done, mm -hmm. I have to give this pick an A. He was number 11 overall on the big board. I could have put him higher. I had Darnell Wright higher overall, but I like Broderick Jones's fit with the Steelers just as good yes. because he can play left tackle. That's his natural spot on the line. Darnell Wright may be forced to stay on the right side. I've been wanting uh, the Steelers to invest in a franchise tackle for a long time, and that's one of the reasons why I was wrong about this front office because they seem to be prioritizing the trenches from bringing in Isaac Sumalo in free agency, one of the best pass-blocking guards in the league, 
and then bringing in Broderick Jones. This front office is focused on not only protecting the quarterback, but also helping a run game that has only been okay under Najee with Najee Harris as a runner, not near to the extent that we thought it could be. I, I just think that this is an excellent pick. He's raw. He's not there yet. But for not allowing a sack in a year is impressive nonetheless. Just imagine how good he can be once he gets some of these technical issues in his game down. Absolutely. And you saw growth throughout his time at Georgia. The player he was to start 2022 was not the player that finished 2022. So much better from those standpoints that you're talking about there. And he's got room to grow as well, but already uh, I would say uh, is the best tackle on the Steelers roster. <laughs> yes. And uh, that is, that is not something to uh, take lightly there as the Steelers head into a new season. Uh, I'm going to go with a, with an a minus. I, I just give it the minus because I wasn't a huge fan of the idea of moving up at all in the first round of the draft. We talked about that in a previous episode to the draft. So, and I had written an article about that was my least favorite idea of, of it all, but still, this is a fantastic selection. They probably wouldn't have gotten him if he would had if they had stayed at 17. So what they did was identify their guy and they uh, made the necessary uh, steps to go get him. Uh, and I believe the Jets probably select Broderick Jones at 15 if the Steelers don't jump ahead and do it at 14. So uh, in a way, you cr- cripple, uh, I say, uh not not superbly, but you you affect the plans of another AFC contender that you you could view as an as an immediate rival in 2023, and in doing so, you also improve your roster uh, in a, in a significant way as well. He's going to be huge for this team. The trade up was worth it in order to get one of the top of offensive tackles. Um, they're not going to get one if they don't make that trade. So uh, and a. I think he can be a day one starter for the Steelers at either tackle spot. He'll obviously have to earn it. I'm not saying make him the de facto starter, but he has the ability to be that. And uh, I think uh, the offensive line was upgraded in a major way with the selection of Broderick Jones in the first round. Let's move on to round two uh, pick number 32. So the, the Bears selection that the Steelers acquired in the trade for Chase Clay or in the trade away of Chase Claypool um, the Steelers stand pat at 32. We thought that they could trade back, maybe recoup some draft picks. Um, but instead they realized value was there in front of them, a player that they probably weren't expecting to still be there, uh, that they even had thought of taking at pick 17, Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback from Penn State University, obviously the family ties. We know all about that. So let's skip talking about that and Andrew let's just jump right into the grade why do you think so highly of this of this pit well for one he was number five on my big board so I I absolutely absolutely love this guy and a lot of people are like Joey Porter Jr. five this guy must be high I I, watch (laughs) this guy's tape I people get way hung over on the you know he doesn't have any ball skills he has a plenty of ball skills he just doesn't have interceptions he has used his length to his advantage. He's broken up a ton of passes during his time at Penn State, some of which came in zone, some of which came in man, some of which came in press man, off man. This guy's played every different type of defensive coverage, and that's important in a secondary that's known for playing zone, 
has done a lot of off man the past few years and wants to become more aggressive, I believe, and playing more press man defense under Terrell Austin. Now that he is hopefully getting a little bit more stay in the defense, he doesn't have Brian Flores there underneath him chiming in. He does, I mean, Mike Tomlin is still there. We'll see how much of an impact he has, but the Steelers have the personnel now to play man defense if that's what they want to play. And we've come close a few times, but that was with an aging Joe Hayden who could play man, but was more suited for a zone off man scheme. The Steelers have Joey Porter Jr. Now with his incredible length, he still ran a four, four, six at the combine. I, it wasn't as fast as what I thought he was going to run, but I think he's capable of running faster. And four, four, six is still not a bad time, especially when you have his length. He makes up for it with those long strides and those long arms. He's feisty at the line. Absolutely love this pick. I have to give it an A plus. I want him at 17. So as much as I would have loved to have trade back, I can't complain with him here at 32. Excellent value. The steal of the draft, if you ask me. A fantastic pick. Um, absolutely. So uh, you gave it an A plus. I give it an A. And the reason I don't put the plus on there is I think they still could have got him if they traded back a few spots. Really? So we don't know. I mean, if you look at the, the next few selections, um, it was quarterbacks, uh, offensive linemen. It was um, wide receivers. Or I'm sorry, tight ends, not wide receivers. It was tight ends. So I think the 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 teams behind them had ideas of what they wanted. Um, so maybe you still could have recouped a, a pick there and recouped again in in round three. So, but I'm not knocking the pick because of that. I, I'm just saying that they probably still could have gotten him uh, six or seven picks later, uh, just based on what the other teams were eyeing. And I could be wrong about that. So you go and get your guy. That's why I give it an A. He's incredible value at 32, just like you said. He was he was my number three corner in this draft class, but it wasn't there wasn't a huge gap there. Uh, I think the top three guys were very much the top three, and you you had the rest. The fact that other teams selected corners in front of Joey Porter Jr. that were not in those top three was mind boggling to me. That Emmanuel Forbes goes in the first round before um, Joey Porter Jr. So the value is fantastic. I did not buy that he would slide into the second round. But man, I am so glad he did because the Steelers uh, landed two two fantastic starters for their defense for, or for their team, I believe, in rounds one and the first pick in round two. Um, that I did not think that they would have a chance to land both of. So fantastic work by the Steelers to get Joey Porter Jr. and I think he's going to be motivated to play in the Steel City to continue his father's legacy uh, and to give me accountability. His- yeah, and yeah, to become his own person. Uh, if you heard him speak um, after the selection, he was he was mad he didn't get taken in the first round. But um, in the end, he's going to use that as motivation. I believe that he's got the infrastructure in place at home and with the team to be able to to handle that and be a really good player for the Steelers. So uh, let's move on to the second pick in round two uh, at pick forty nine. The Steelers stand pat again. And this time they select a defensive lineman, Keanu Benton, out of Wisconsin, a guy that had been pegged to the Steelers for the majority of the pre-draft process. Um, Andrew, you had heard in the combine that they really had their eye on him. If he was available to them with one of their second-round picks, that he was probably going to be the selection. He was. So I think you and I have the same grade on this one, uh, but go ahead and, and give us what that is, and then we'll talk about why we give it this grade. Yeah, I gave it a B plus. Based upon where we got him, it's really only fair value. According to the big board, I got I had him at 47. 
the reason I don't give it, you know, a C, which would be, you know, fair value, 47, okay, we'll give it maybe a B minus, something like that. The reason I'm a little bit higher on it is because of Carl Dunbar. If Carl Dunbar had any say in this, I trust Carl Dunbar more than any defensive line coach in the league to be able to develop a young prospect. And Benton has talent. He isn't my choice. I want a Mozzie Smith, but okay, he was off the board in the first round. It was yep, clear the Steelers were not going to be able to get him. The other guy I would have I had a higher grade on was Javon Dexter, but he can't play the nose. He would be a Cam Hayward replacement, and I think he would have been a great Hayward replacement, but who is playing your nose? Benton isn't an ideal zero tech, but he's going to play a lot of one tech nose. He's going to be playing some over the center. We'll be playing some in between the center and guard in that A gap. Uh, and when the Steelers are in odd fronts, I think you have, if the Steelers are aligned in a 4-3 system, which sometimes the Steelers have become, they've been playing some four down linemen, he can play as a traditional three technique. He lined up a little bit all over the place at Wisconsin, but primarily in Wisconsin's 4-3, he was a three tech. And I, there were other sites out there saying, you know, he was primarily a zero tech, one tech. There were times, yes, when he played over the center in a four-man front, and Wisconsin's a very odd alignment. But typically, he's a, a, he's a three tech. He's built like a three tech. One of the best run defenders in the Big Ten, though. Yes. he's. I would like him to have a little bit more bulk to him and be that true nose tackle. Maybe he can add some weight. But ultimately, even if he stays where he's at, he has enough twitch to bring enough upside on later downs to be able to stay on the field on third downs if we need him to. But ultimately, it's going to come down to how is he as a run defender? Can he help this unit keep the linebackers clean? I think he can do that. So I'm going to give it a B plus. Yeah, um, I agree with the B plus, and that's because um, he, I don't necessarily he think he fits the Steelers' scheme especially well. If you're talking three four uh, front, but um, when you when you think about what they're trying to build on defense, which is a team that um, that really shuts down opponents on first and second down, so that their pass rush and um, takeaway prone secondary can can feast on uh mistakes and that their their pass rush can can just lay waste to quarterbacks on third down i think that he fits ex- very well as a as a superb run defender a guy that can play multiple spots along that front i think he fits very well i think he'll be a day one starter in their base d at the at the nose and um again you're talking about if you look at daniel jeremiah's board um all three of these picks that they've that we've talked about already were top 40 players according to Daniel Jeremiah and according to many others as well not just him but uh, you had him had him pretty close to that as well definitely a top 50 player in, in most people's eyes and I just think that the Steelers like you said with Carl Dunbar with with how well they do at uh improving the play of defensive linemen and fitting them into their system. I think that you can't go wrong with a guy like uh, Keanu Benton in your defense. It's going to be a fantastic fit for the Steelers there based on, on what they're trying to do, the defense they're trying to build for 2023. Uh, We're going to go take our break really quick. And when we come back, we will finish out with the remainder of the Steelers selection starting in round three and going through the two selections in round seven. Don't go anywhere. The Steelers fix. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. 
Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramps business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramps software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. And welcome back to the second half of the Steelers Fix post-draft edition grading the Steelers selections. Andrew, you and I are going to be busy here the next couple of weeks, just like we have been in the pre-draft lead up because we are going to be uh, jumping on the FFS and NFL feed over the next few weeks to break down every NFL team's draft hall. Uh, you and I will be, be taking a close look at um, how these teams have improved. Uh, do we like their draft? Do we dislike their draft? What are, what are they looking like as uh, as they head into um, the offseason training portions uh, of the offseason heading into 2023. So we'll be available uh, or we'll be on FFSN for all of that, plus here on the Steel Curtain Network for uh, the Steelers Fix and other shows that we take part in here. Um, so, Andrew, let's go ahead and dive back into the Steelers, though, uh, with, their, with their selection in round three. The Steelers traded back from pick 80 in round three, 13 spots with the Carolina Panthers picked up the fourth round pick that they handed to the Patriots to go up and get Broderick Jones. So fantastic value there. And they still made my favorite selection of this entire draft with Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. You said Joey Porter Jr. In the first half of the show was your favorite value pick for the Steelers in this draft. I'm saying Darnell Washington and I'm giving this pick an A plus 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 as many pluses as you can put on there because this guy in a trade back, Andrew, in the third round, we didn't even think he would make it to the third round. He's still there and you trade back to one of the last few picks in the third round and you still land this guy. Incredible value to me. I think he has the potential to completely unlock this Matt Canada offense and really help it run at its highest efficiency level because you can keep him on the field for any play design, any play call, and he can help your offense. So obviously I love this pick and I think you're on board too with loving it. Tell us your grade and, and why you've given it. Yeah. I guess the reason I don't give it an A plus 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 is <laughs> yeah. because of a potential knee injury that I don't think is that serious, but it's under monitor. I love Darnell Washington. Yeah. I had him at 33 overall on the big board and the Steelers get him at what was it? 93, something like that. I believe it was 93 because we trade back 13 picks. So we get the 33rd best player in the draft at 93. I absolutely love this pick in every aspect of it. Darnell Washington, he is the best blocking tight end in the draft. And there were a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good blockers in this draft. And Pat Fryermuth, by the way, for those people who've forgotten, Pat Fryermuth knows how to block himself. The Steelers have two good blocking tight ends at this point, and it is exciting to see what the team could potentially do in the running game now with Isaac Samalo, James Daniels hopefully moving over to left guard, which is more natural spot, 
Then you have Broderick Jones at left tackle, who is a decent run blocker in his own right at offensive tackle. That's an important aspect of his game, too. And now you have two good blocking tight ends in both Fryermuth and Darnell Washington. Then if Stack Gentry makes the roster, you even have a depth guy who is a primary blocker. The Steelers have guys who can finally block. Mm. Finally, this guy has sub four seven speed in the. I mean, this right. guy is a good athlete <laughs> in just about any fantastic other, athlete in literally any other school he could have gone to. He would have been the number one tight end in the offense. The reason he's yep. number two is because of Brock Bowers, who's going to be a top ten pick, maybe top five pick in next year's draft. Absolutely love Darnell Washington. He is an excellent pick. And I can't disagree with you, honestly, with the value pick. I have to put it on the same category as Joey Porter Jr. I'm like an eight pick 80. I know tight ends not a need, but you got to yeah. take Darnell Washington at this point. And then they trade back. I'm like, ah, man. And then I see we got back a fourth <laughs> round pick. How yeah. did he do that? How did we get a fourth round pick back for just moving 13 back in the third round? And then we still got Darnell Washington. This is, I mean, <laughs> I was on cloud nine at that point. I think we all were, Jeremy. I absolutely yeah. loved this draft at this point. It didn't matter what we were going to do on day three. Yeah, in our Zoom uh, conference that we were doing during the draft, I'm pretty sure I woke up all the neighbors and, uh, you know, everything that I, – I mean, I was just ecstatic and uh, still am. I think I think he's he's an amazing player. And you're right. He, he would be the top tight end in – most college offenses. Go ahead. It, and this is not going to be like a lot of people are like, well, are the Steelers going to not use Pat Fryermuth as much? No, Pat Fryermuth is still going to be utilized yeah. just as much. I believe in this offense. And he, Absolutely. this is not the Steelers saying we don't trust Pat Fryermuth, but he has had three concussions. So it's not yeah. bad to have another guy there. Plus a guy that you're going to use in 12 personnel who Matt Canda loves. I think both these tight ends are going to be used well. And I don't think Darnell Washington needs, doesn't, I don't think it's, Darnell Washington needs to live up to the level of Pat Firemuth to be a successful pick immediately. Tight ends take a while to develop. Yes. So if, if Pat Firemuth, let's say he has another concussion, the Steelers aren't going to give him another contract. But Darnell Washington can be your guy to step in. He may not produce much in year one. Most rookie tight ends do not. But this is a great pick, guy who's going to develop, who's going to step in day one and be a blocker. And I think he's going to be a great fit next to Pat Firemuth. Yes, the Steelers have no excuse to not be a better red zone offense at the very least with Darnell Washington on board. I mean, how do you stop him in the, in the red zone? I mean, it, it hand the ball to Najee Harris and he's pushing guys around like a six lineman uh, play action and just let him stand in the middle of the end zone and throw it up in the air. And he's the only guy who's going to go get it. And when you have him, Muth, yeah. Pickens and Allen Robinson, I mean, good luck. Yeah. Deontay yeah, just, who keep him on the bench. <laughs> right. Uh, man. I mean, that's a big set. Uh, worth having and uh th- i think you'll see a lot of 12 personnel this year from the steelers with darno washington in place and i'm excited to see washington and broderick jones just moving people on the uh, up front it's gonna be awesome one more thing i want to add before we move on i think in a quiet way this could potentially allow the steelers this would count on anthony miller some coming back and being that smaller guy who can work underneath but if Deontay Johnson gets back to his form of two years ago with better statistics overall, more efficient statistics, I think you're looking at a potential of the Steelers maybe being able to trade Deontay Johnson at the trade deadline. I think that's something to consider as well with Allen Robinson there. If the Steelers can find that guy to work underneath, if Anthony Miller can be that guy, I think the Steelers have everything else in this offense to be able to move on from Deontay Johnson. That's an intriguing thought. And I mean, if he's helping the team though, if he's playing good, it's going to be hard to just to, to let him go. But I mean, you've, you've got depth, you've got options. So that's definitely a possibility. All right, let's move on to the round four pick, pick 132, The one the Steelers got 
in the trade back for Washington. Uh, and they selected Nick Herbig, the linebacker out of Wisconsin. Now there's going to be some debate uh, and probably you'll see him play multiple positions in training camp, kind of get a feel for different spots. But the Steelers seem to have him pegged as an outside linebacker, a pass rusher. But uh, Andrew, what do you think about the Nick Herbig signing and what can he do for the Steelers? I'm glad it wasn't in the third round. We were talking about, could he be the pick for the Steelers in the third round? Maybe that's why the Steelers were willing to trade back. They knew they could get him later on. But at this point, you know, I don't hate it. And the fourth round is not poor value. I'm going to give it a B. I think his versatility is key. He he plays with a passion. He plays with a heart. And he's one of those guys you're going to get the most out of him. I think coming to play with his brother is going to only add motivation. Uh, It's going to give him extra motivation to perform well early in his career. I don't – it's so difficult because his his best tape came when he was on the edge in college. The mm-hmm. question is, does he have enough play strength to stay there? The Steelers said they're going to start him off there, which is smart, yeah. but I don't know how long he's going to stay there. The Steelers lack depth at both inside and outside linebacker, so they can use him at either spot. But I think he's a guy that's definitely going to make the roster. He's going to contribute on special teams, and he's a guy who at – best at some point could potentially replace a Landon Roberts. If he doesn't work out as the buck linebacker, I think that's something mm-hmm. the Steelers could consider as well. He's a good tackler in the open field. He has some bulk and you can bring him in on stunts. When you, when you put him in on the inside, he has shown an ability to get after the pasture. He has a natural feel for it. Yeah. So I think, I think this there's some upside here with this pick, even though his athletic numbers may not pop off the charts. I think he's a decent fit for what the Steelers are trying to do with this hybrid defense. Yeah. Could he have a better set of mentors, though, on the edge than TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, even if you only have Alex Highsmith through this season uh, or whatever, you know, you you've got two guys that he can learn from and there's no pressure on him to come in and be the guy at the edge rusher. And um, and like you said, at the very least, he provides value on pass rush downs, even if he's in at inside linebacker and he can affect the play that way so there's going to be there's going to be several uses for nick herbig i give it a b as well Uh, i had it a little lower but i'm getting i'm i guess i'm it's growing on me the selection a little bit um and i think the the ties to uh, wisconsin with tj watt i think the way wisconsin plays football and the steelers identifying that as kind of a place that fits their system as well i think that that there's good value in that so like I said, a B for me as well on Nick Herbig. I think he's extremely smart uh, as a player, uh, and I think he's got an attacker's mentality. That's kind of what I saw on tape. He may not be the biggest, strongest, bulkiest guy on the outside, but as far as tenacity goes, uh, he's he's 110% off the edge the entire time. And if you get an offensive tackle that uh, comes off the ball a little bit flat-footed or uh, a little lazy – then uh, he's going to take advantage. So uh, as a third rusher, uh, a guy in the third rusher rotation who can also move inside to off-ball linebacker and, and add some help there, I think he's he's definitely a value pick. And again, if you go off of Daniel Jeremiah's board, he's a top 70 player, a uh, top 75 player in this draft, uh, and you get him at 132, that's great value there as well. All right, the Steelers did not have a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round pick, so we're going to skip down to the seventh round, Andrew, and we'll spend just a couple minutes on these uh, last couple players. But I think another fantastic value add, you and I were both just uh, ecstatic that he was there and that the Steelers actually uh, made a a best-player-available type move in the seventh round, 
to go get Corey Trice, cornerback out of Purdue. And I know you had, I believe, Bryce Four Wheaton was was higher than him on your board still at that point, but uh, he was, I think, second on your board or maybe third. Um, so the Steelers again, fantastic value pick. I'd love to know uh, where you had him in your big board uh, for the Steelers getting him at pick two hundred forty one. Yeah, I don't have the big board in front of me, but I know I had, I believe it was a mid, earlier mid fourth round grade on him. Mm. So getting him in the seventh round is an absolute steal. I had him in the early 100s. I want to say he's around 130, 140 at the latest. He may have actually been a little bit higher than that, but I know he was inside the top 150. So getting yeah. him at 240 is incredible value. And when you watch, when you watch his tape, he's, it's secretly one of the better tapes you'll put on. Yeah of a corner and all of college football. He is a little bit raw. He's not the most technical. He's got to get better with his hand placement on the outside. You don't want him to get flagged for too many penalties, which he didn't in college, um, but just playing with consistent aggression without being inconsistent in hand usage and grabbiness. Mm. Um, I, I think overall he does a good job of getting – uh, positioning against receivers on the outside. He forces them to the outside. He bumps them off the route. He has good physicality. Watching him at the combine, he was extremely fluid in drills. He had, yeah. what was it, Jeremy, like a six foot, uh, 6.73 cone at his yes. pro day? Yeah, it was six, a 6.73 seven, yeah. cone, a 4.06 shuttle time. That's elite. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then 4.47, that is solid. That's good yeah. uh, for a corner with this size. Six foot three, 206 pounds. I got to talk to his uh, one of his uh, coaches at the scouting combine. And he was like, he's having himself a great day. He thought that there was a chance he could go as early as day two. They were getting some good feedback from NFL teams. Mm. And, you know, he's like, I, I think this is going to really help him. He's he's going to be a dog. And tr- sure enough, Trice came out and he he performed throughout the yeah. entire day. Had a great workout, both of his pro day and at the combine. He's one of those guys who split up the workouts to, you know, save his energy to sure. numbers, which is a smart move, really, when you think about it. Absolutely. So, absolutely love him. There's a chance he does move to safety. I think that's something you're going to mention in a second, yeah. his potential move to safety. But regardless, I think the Steelers are going to try him out at corner, and he has the potential. Even as Lance Zerline says, he's going to be a good back with the potential to become a starter. There is a legitimate possibility. Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice are the Steelers starters three years from now on the boundaries yeah. at corner. Could you imagine uh, that a draft class that nets you two starting corners at six three, <laughs> and, and Kevin Colbert could get two starting corners in twenty years. <laughs> in twenty years, yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm excited about this guy because I think, like you mentioned, uh, in a way he was more athletically fluid than even Joey Porter Jr. was as a as a very similar type corner, uh, similar speed. Um, but man, he just cancels receivers on in press man on short uh in breaking routes there it's over um his length and his drive and his aggression on those um i was watching a cut up of him uh just just batting slants away from wide receivers he just doesn't let that happen so where you're going to struggle with him is uh double moves and and where he can flip his hips and i think that's the um, the issue that a lot of people have with Joey Porter Jr. Is he going to be able to do that consistently at the next level too? Uh, and obviously uh, for, for Trice, uh, he's a little more raw, a little more unrefined than Porter. Um, but I agree. This is fantastic value for him. And um, Andrew, I think it'll, it'll get mentioned a lot, but I think both, I think Corey Trice makes this roster 
And I think it's at the expense of, of a guy like Akella Witherspoon who had an injury prone year last year and uh, couldn't get on the field. And when he did, it was less than stellar. Um, this spells the end for somebody in this cornerback room uh, because Corey Trice is going to make this roster and he's going to, he's going to be a, a, a player that the Steelers want uh, and maybe are forced to, to even play. Maybe James Pierre could be the, the guy on the outs if Corey Trice uh, shows what he's got. So I think that this guy could really um, be a, a versatile piece. Like you said, the move to safety, he's got safety like traits. He's got safety like size. Um, and he's, I mean, he's fast enough to play corner quick enough to play corner. Um, so the Steelers obviously will, will want to try him there, but in a pinch, if you need uh, some depth to, to help you out at safety, I think he's a guy that can, that can help you out there as well. Let's move on to the final pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 2023 NFL draft. Uh, this was kind of a surprise, not really on either of our radar for, for what the Steelers might try to do at, with their seventh their final pick. But then again, you and I were both saying, what are they going to do here? You know, we really don't know. So I would have liked to see them maybe um, go after some other more intriguing players in my mind. Uh, but the Steelers did go after an offensive lineman out of Maryland. Spencer Anderson played a lot of tackle. He's played some guard. He's played some center. So he's got some versatility. But uh, Andrew, I'd like to get your, your grade on this pick and uh, how you think Anderson could fit with Pittsburgh or is he even going to make the roster? Kind of give us your thoughts there. I think this is a guy the Steelers will try to fit on the practice squad because he's an interesting case. He's played all the way along Maryland's offensive line. He's taken, he started at center. He started at, I believe, both guard spots, and he started at tackle as well. He can play anywhere along the offensive line. He's a versatile guy. I do believe the Steelers are going to try him out at center. He has the athleticism of a typical Steelers center. When you look at his RAS score, it was fantastic. Nine, three, seven, yes. uh, had a five, one, eight in the 40. Uh, I, I don't know how these compare to a guy like Marquise Pouncey's number. Uh, the shuttle time was a little bit concerning as five flat, uh, seven, six, three in the three cone though. That is a uh, very good for a 309 pound guy who has the height of six foot five. So, you know, 32 inch arms, that's what's going to keep him on the inside. I don't think he has the ability to play tackle the NFL because his arms are so short. Um, I do believe though, that there's potential here. I think he's going to be potentially fighting with a guy where we may talk about in a second with the undrafted guys, Trevor Downing from Iowa state, a guy that I'm excited about. He has starter potential at center. He's not completely there yet, but if you want to talk about a guy to bring in a work with, Downing is your guy. I think he could be fighting with Anderson mm. for this developmental internship per se as a guy who could, if all things work out well, could potentially be in play for the Steelers starting center job. Once Mason Cole is out of the picture two years from now. Very interesting. Can you give me the, the combine numbers for Anderson again? Um, yes. The so Marquis Pouncey ran a combine. five, two, five. Okay. Yeah, but it, it is pro day. Six foot five, three hundred nine pounds. He had twenty nine bench reps. He had a thirty and a half inch vertical. Very good for a lineman. Uh, nine foot five broad. Five one eight in the forty. His split time was one eight, which is that borderline for good. Uh, you don't want it to be too much above one eight, but one eight is solid, especially for an interior lineman. Then he had a five second flat in the shuttle and a seven six three in the three cone. So Marquise Pouncey is a five two five in the forty. Um, he had a 1.78 split, a 10 yard split. So very similar. Uh, he ran actually a 
0.743 cone. So Anderson's got even more change of direction ability, you'd think, and, and a 4.92 20-yard shuttle. So um, very favorably compares to the athleticism of a Marquise Pouncey. That's How an tall interesting was thought. Uh, Pouncey was six, uh, six, three and a half. Okay. Yep. Or I'm sorry, six, four and a half. Okay, so the length is almost yeah. identical too. That's interesting. Yes. So uh, maybe the, a guy that they identified as as a physical match there, and uh, uh, could could be somebody that they're they're looking at, uh, like you said, at center. That's very interesting. I hadn't looked into that it that deeply yet, but and when uh, you look at him in the face, do you know who he looks like? Uh, uh-uh. tell me, Kendrick Green. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I, maybe. And I mean, Kendrick Green looks like Marquise Pouncey, according to everyone. So maybe the Steelers just saw Marquise Pouncey and Spencer Anderson. They're like, we're taking this guy. 2.0, 3.0. That's going to be the the uh, structure of the person that they want at center. But I give uh, it a C. And, okay. You give it a C. Um, I, I give it a C minus because I would have rather them gone after maybe like Price Andre Carter. <laughs> Say what? Bryce Ford Wheaton. Bryce Ford Wheaton. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Andre Carter, Jeremy Banks. Uh, I even like Shaka Hayward uh, a lot uh, as a, as a potential seventh round guy, I would prefer an inside linebacker, maybe, you know, safety. Um, but you know, at this point you're just, you're just um, shooting for whatever you can anyway. So uh, hopefully it works out. But um, if this is, the, the worst pick of, of the Steelers draft, then, then we're still doing okay because the early selections were fantastic, fine. Andrew, what do you give this this draft class overall? What grade? A. I, I, and maybe I'm being a little bit too mm, excited, I but think... I haven't been this excited about a Steelers draft yep. maybe ever. I uh, don't think so. I, I agree with you. I was thrilled the year the Steelers got Devin Bush, but at the same time I realized that the Steelers traded up and we traded some picks away which I still love the pick because Devin Bush was my boy. I wanted him. Yeah. But, and like even Justin Lane in the third round, I'm like, you know, this guy's got potential, but you know, the Steelers did give up something in this draft. The Steelers regained a fourth round pick. So we didn't lose anything. So I, I, I have no complaints with this draft. Absolutely. It's an A draft for me as well. The Steelers did sign some undrafted free agents. We won't go over those on this show. Maybe uh, we can dive into those guys on another show. Um, If they're still here, Uh, we'll see how it goes. But um, I think, you know, you've got some intriguing names. Uh, You mentioned Trevor Downing. Um, I I think Tanner Morgan, the quarterback from Minnesota, is intriguing as well. We'll dive into those guys another time on the Steelers fix. But for now, Andrew Wilbar and I, we just graded the Steelers draft. It was a good one, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys are as excited about it as we are. We're going to be back next Tuesday on the Steelers Fix with more Steelers content, more draft talk, and uh, a look ahead even to uh, what's coming up on the Steelers calendar. It's getting closer and closer by the day. I think I saw Tom Pelissero tweeted on Sunday that it was like 130, 131 days away from the from the start of the regular season. So we're inching closer and uh, it's, it's, it's coming. So uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, that does it all for us here on the Steelers fix for Andrew Wilbar. I'm Jeremy Betts. We'll see you later.